was a boy who had a band of brothers. There was a boy who had a band of brothers. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. Far away! Far away! Far away! He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far. Good evening, Cobbacy families, and welcome to another Cobbacy Evening Fireside podcast. The Braves and Warriors are in their bunks, the sun has gone down over camp, and it's time for you to find out what happened today, or it would be, except today is a special day, one of our special podcasts, because we have two heads of areas here. We have Matt Jonesy-Jones. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> nice to be here. Head of Adventure. And we have James Medcalf, head of the waterfront. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, it's our pleasure. These guys are very tickled to be on a podcast. Uh, and so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about adventure and waterfront as the, uh, I guess, handmaids to sports, to the, the crown jewel here at Cobbacy and how that fits in and augments our sports program and what it offers our boys that maybe sports doesn't. But first, a few warm-up questions. So, Jonesy, why don't you tell us about how you found Camp Cobbacy and also, just for fun, one of the traditional Camp Cobbacy questions, what is your favorite 10 by 10 square foot part of Cobbacy itself? Mm-hmm. Another excellent question, Josh. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I was actually doing a ski season in the French Alps in the delightful ski town of Morzine. Uh, I filled in my application through an agency and Jay Hook, the previous staffing director, reached out to me, sold the dream, over I came as a mountain biking instructor. And uh, yeah, never looked back. Uh, my favorite area in camp would have to be, well, it's up in the trees somewhere on our adventure elements, probably on our new tower, Isengard, right on the uh, the leap of faith, the quick flight that we have. Um, it's pretty spectacular up there. Nice. There were some boys up there today, and every time I went by, they'd like, hi, Josh, just because it was novel to be up there and see someone going by that they knew. Uh, all right, over to you, James. I found Cobra C um, because my flatmate, or housemate, as you guys say, mm-hmm. um, went to Cobra C <clears throat> over the summer. He came back, talked about what an epic time he'd had. Um, I decided to try it out, fell in love with it from one of Josh's songs very early on in orientation. Thought this was definitely a place for me. Never looked back, like Jonesy, we were the same year. Uh, my favorite space. Easily got to be the best place on camp at the waterfront. More specifically, probably the rope swing on our playscape. Love to hit some backflips out there. Get all the kids to cheer your name. It's pretty awesome. It's great. So we talk a lot about how masculinity and sports intersect here all the time. We talk about it during orientation. We talk about it during, uh, you know, the boys get a, I guess, a watered down is not a version, but a boy version of that when we reward sportsmanship and brotherhood in a sports context. And in fact, a lot of the conversations we have with the older boys and also with um, counselors is how we get very competitive, specifically in travel games and color war, but also intercamps and watermelon leagues so that we can upload the right values. So I'd be curious, uh, Jonesy, let's just start with you. What do you notice, how does, how does adventure contribute to Cobbacy's values of brotherhood, community, and sportsmanship, or and or how does it challenge and expand a boy's experience here 
um, with its offerings. And maybe an interesting way of starting that is um, to describe what adventure includes. What is adventure here? Hmm, where to begin? Uh, well, adventure, let me see. So we do, uh, obviously we have the archery, mountain biking, and climbing elements that a lot of kids have never tried before. You know, they might have done some inside uh, climbing on gyms. Uh, but here, you know, they get to try out the quick flight, leap of faith, a high ropes course, the zip line. We have an incredible device called the flying squirrel. Um, but it's basically just things that are totally out of the ordinary for them. And I think that comes back to your question there, Josh, mentioning challenge. Obviously, adventure specifically focuses on individual challenge, I would say. And that is, you know, obviously what we do here is push boundaries um, and then obviously talk about that to kind of define character. Uh, you know, that's what we're all about at adventure. And, uh, you know, most of the time that ends up with individual instruction. You know, climbing is a very individualized sport. Um, so it's very much about the individual finding their boundary and then, you know, with a coach kind of pushing that forward. Nice. Um, and before we go over to James, I think the other thing I would ask about is just, I think our parents know that we, and our families know that we do trips. We do Brave Spirit Island, Coos Canyon, uh, whitewater rafting, and then there's the add-on day trips of Camden Overlook and Fire Tower Hike, and then there's the climbing at Acadia Trip. All of these things are all still individuals, but are individual pursuits, but they also have an element of us or we. Talk about how that fits into the, you know, the adventure program, because you also are responsible for those trips and executing them, keeping everyone safe, but also controlling and driving the conversation around them. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, I mean, I think an experience as a bunk, getting to go and camp uh, together or cook over fires like we do at Coos Canyon is very special. Um, it also then allows us to have our kind of community moments in, in age groups. And obviously those campfires are very deliberate in, I guess, kind of the perspective that we approach the next day in certainly with coos and spirit island you know it's very much about having that experience and what that experience how that fits into the timeline of cobbacy um, and the identity of the age group that you're within nice sweet okay so uh we're gonna go over to james james you've been at the waterfront pretty much from day one and uh on your capable shoulders rest the entire project out there in lake cobbacy conti why don't you uh, run down for our families exactly what the waterfront offers, just sort of as an entry point into our discussion today. I'll start with our lesson activities. We've got water skiing, wake, fishing, sailing, canoeing, kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding or SUP, and finally swimming, the most basic of them all, yet the most important. On top of that, we have all our cover choice activities. These are the kind of moments where we get to do things a bit more fun with the kids. Um, so with the swimming, that would involve the rave and the blob, which are a trampoline and an air pillow where kids launch into the air. It's normally accompanied, much like a firework show, with oohs and ahs. <laughs> nice. It's very fun. Uh, we've got the playscape, which has a rope swing, some diving platforms, a climbing wall. Uh, probably one of my favorite things at the waterfront. And then we do even crazier stuff like tubing, which is easily a fan favorite with the kids. Uh, stand-up paddleboarding frisbee, kayak polo, anything our amazing staff can come up with and do safely, we try and get the kids to do it. It's a lot of fun. Nice. I mean, it sounds a lot like adventure in its challenge of the individual. So let's talk about what, what a boy can learn about themselves at the waterfront. It seems like one of the other things it might offer is that, you know, unless 
unless there's something I don't know, not a lot of our boys come from a place where they have access to an 11 by four mile lake. Um, but what does that offer our boys? What are ways in which our boys can grow through all the things you just listed? I think very similar to adventure, it's about putting kids in positions outside of their comfort zone, supporting them to do a thing they thought they wouldn't be able to do, and then telling them how awesome it was what they just did. Um, and the thing I noticed the most with all the waterfront activities, you're talking about individual pursuits, as they often are, but it's the their brother's reactions when they do something awesome. The minute they come to the buddy board, which is how they check out of the waterfront, they're all talking about how that one kid caught a fish, or how that one kid stood up for the first time on skis, or how the one guy flipped his kayak and it started going underwater and he was out of it and then they're all panicking, but like not really panicking um, at the idea that a kayak's going underwater. Um, playing pirates on the sub boards where they try and push each other off um, and try and be the kind of king of the board. Um, they all come in and talk about the same moment. Maybe it was one kid that did it, but they were all a part of it and they all help them through it. And it's a completely team moment a brother moment is pretty awesome. It's great. In both cases, with both adventure and, and uh, waterfront, we are impelling the boys into a place that they can't really experience back home. And we have one boy who's from Maine. And so, you know, Daniel Webster, he knows what Maine is like. But a lot of our boys come from cities. They live in apartments. They encounter the natural world in parks. Maybe they go on trips. But they don't really inhabit the natural world. And I think, I'd, I think the next round of, of discussion I'd love to get into, starting with you, Jonesy, is what do the boys see and experience when we get them out in the woods? What, what, what have you noticed the boys react to the most positively? Or what are the most like, whoa, no way moments that, that the boys see and, and encounter in adventure? I mean, this, this year in particular has been very exciting, uh, certainly with our Spirit Island trips, having a loon nest on the island. Um, obviously, we, we worked around that and put set up like a, a police cordon to make sure we could still do our trip without dis- disturbing that nest. But I think that was, that was extremely cool for a lot of these eight-year-olds to see loons up close for the first time. Obviously, as I say, we didn't disturb them, um, but they were definitely in sight. Uh, you know, alongside that, there's definitely a lot of bugs and things like that that they are not used to. Uh, but we are obviously very uh, informed about the, the risk of those and obviously mitigate those. Uh, I don't know. I think a, a lot of them don't have the experience of just being out and about in that nature and being comfortable in it. You know, there's a lot of things that we share with them. Just, you know, basic bushcraft, you know, taking shoes off when you get into a tent. That's something that you have to tell the kids so that they understand that. Um, when it comes to uh, the Warriors overnight trip to Coos Canyon, you know, we're jumping off cliffs that have formed over thousands of years. I think that's a, a very odd concept for children to understand, you know, kind of how vast time is and, you know, how the real world is formed. Likewise, there's an incredible sort of rapids area where we can all put our PFDs on and just get taken down the luge. Um, and that's so smooth and safe. And I think, you know, no one expects that except in like a water park. So like kind of talking to them a little bit about that is very exciting as well. I mean, at all of our trips, they'll have some exposure to the fire. We roast marshmallows. That's eternal when we start telling some good stories. Josh, your headless moose story is obviously a fan favorite. Um, but I think that's, as you say, that's an, an awesome experience for them to have if they've lived, you know, if they don't have the exposure to that previously. Yeah. So, uh, James, 
I am from a place uh, in the world where there's not uh, there's two big lakes basically near where I grew up. There's not this embarrassment of riches of lakes in general like there are in Maine and other parts of the states, but certainly Maine. But this lake is special in so many ways. It's so big. It's 11 miles by 4 miles, like we keep saying. But it's also very clean, and it's full of wildlife uh, itself. And there aren't that many people on it, not, not compared to its acreage. What do you notice the boys react to? What do you notice the boys vibe with or are blown away by in terms of the natural world? Really just sort of broadly conceived. Like, you know, what's it like for them to be out on boats? What's it like to be under the big sky? But also the animals they encounter, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, the, when you come to our waterfront, <clears throat> the first thing people often notice is the amount of fish. In Crib 1 and Crib 2, there are swimming areas um, in which you can stand and some fish, bluegills, some, some fish, build their nests in the cribs. Um, and you can see the kind of lighter shaded circles in the, in the crib and the kids are immediately fascinated by them, uh, by the way they move. But also, if you go near them, they like to kind of protect their nest. They can't really harm you, but they can suck on your feet. A very weird sensation uh, for any person, but particularly children, lose their minds at this concept that a fish is trying to tell them to get off, get off their lawn. Um, the fish <clears throat> in the lake are plentiful, and um, we, we catch so many fish, uh, or have been at least this summer, um, today... There was a, a salamander. The, the kids are kind of confronted with nature um, at all times. There's been many stories of loons, this um, rather interesting <laughs> bird um, that I associate with Maine so much, and they have red eyes and a kind of like a myth, a legend um, full of boys. And they see them, and they dive underwater, and they disappear, and they pop back up, and they pop back up in a completely different place, and the boys are like, oh, my God, <laughs> is that the same loon? And you're like, yes. Leave it alone. It'll be fine. Um, sometimes the loons come a lot closer than they normally would, and you notice kids on the island swims speed up quite a lot. That's very funny. Um, they'll never outswim a loon, but they try anyway. Um, so they're kind of just confronted with nature the whole time. And then there's just the, the beauty of the surroundings. I myself am constantly amazed that I get to work in such a stunning location. Um, and I frequently try to point it out to all the campers um, to appreciate all the trees, the, the blue sky, the perfectly clear, flat water that we have. There's basically no boats on it in the day. Um, and it's kind of just us, or the, the waterfront staff, the boys and the lake, and we just get to immerse ourselves in it. Such a rare luxury that I hope they appreciate as much as I do. I think they do. I, I hear lots of stories when we come up, when they come up for meals and so on. Um, I guess the last question I would have, and we have no plans to do this, just for the record, this is a rhetorical exercise, but what would what would be denied Camp Cobbacy if we got rid of adventure and or got rid of the waterfront? What would you think would be missing as a counterpart to sports if there wasn't adventure or if there wasn't waterfront? We'll go back to Jonesy. Well, the whole concept of adventure, right, is based in the fact that it isn't something that you understand. Obviously, sports are incredible. We all love them. That's why we're here at this sports camp. But, you know, we're working within a very structured system there. Everyone knows the rules. You can play on a, a field, you know, within a facility, and you can play on a field up here, and the rules are still going to be the same. Like, think that adventure, you know, that, that's literally why it's called adventure, is because we're pushing them outside their boundaries, and they're trying something new and growing in the process of doing that. Um, you know, obviously I'm very lucky to lead all, all of our trips 
You know, we travel out into the beauty of Maine. It's usually empty apart from us and we have it all to ourselves. I mean, if it isn't already all to ourselves, we usually colonize the place and make it our own um, or wake everybody up if it comes to our campfire songs. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's all about being pushed outside, outside of those comfort zones. And obviously, you know, yeah, when you approach games, you know what you're in for. It doesn't really matter about the location. The game is going to be the same. If you're camping uh, down in New York or you're camping up here, there's definitely going to be a bit of a difference. Nice. That's very well put. James, what do you think? What would we be missing from the kids' experience without the waterfront? I'm going to kind of answer this in two stages. The first would be the lesson stage. I feel like if the kids didn't have waterfront activities, uh, I think we would rival adventure in terms of pushing people outside their comfort zone. Um, I think adventure is more... Um, obviously scary when you're climbing a wall and you're high up but I think for a lot of kids uh, water environments are scary and doing a swim to Spirit Island or Spider Island or even the lake swim you can see your destination it seems so far away and it's just about putting in the effort persevering finding a way to do it um, even if your stroke isn't that good you keep swimming as Dory says just keep swimming um, and these kids often amaze themselves with what they've achieved they can get back to the shore, look back, and see how far they've come. Um, I think <clears throat> pushing them outside their comfort zone is the main thing less they would miss from the lesson activities. But Waterfront as a whole for camp, I think there's no other place on camp where as many people can have as much fun as they do as at the Waterfront. I think back to last year when it was really hot in color war, and the two teams came down and one team came in the Waterfront while the other was chilling on the hill, and then they switched. And I would say I've never seen so much laughter and like group fun as I have in that moment. I think of, I think there were about 40 boys in crib two playing water basketball with Davy and their general sometime uh, with their general that they never would have got without the waterfront being there. And they're splashing around, it's hot. They're so much more comfortable now they're in the water and they're just having a great time. And that is the whole reason we're here. Yeah, it's great. Those are really good answers. We have already gone a little longer than we normally would for a podcast, and I hope everybody back home has enjoyed hearing from uh, both James and Jonesy, who are not only close friends, but also hold down each of their own um, corners of the tent here. 2015 was a really good recruiting year. We have had so many good leadership staff come from that year. So Jayhawk, if you're listening, nice work. Uh, and uh, that's, that's going to be another informal podcast for yet another glorious day at Camp Cobbesee for Boys. Your boys will go to sleep tonight with good counselors watching over, nodding off, surrounded by their friends, loons sounding on the lake. All is well in this place set apart. And thanks, fellas, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. It's a good night for me. <laughs> it's a good night for me.